to episode 99 of Bee Boomer Unleashed. I'm Jerry Lake, the Unleashed Baby Boomer, and I'll be your host for today's episode and all the episodes of Bee Boomer Unleashed. Today's episode, Life Goes On, and a sneak peek at Bee Boomer Unleashed for 2021. Before we get into today's episode, let me remind you where you can always find our podcast. You can find us at beboomerunleashed.podbean.com. You can find us on iTunes and Google Play at Be Boomer Unleashed, on iHeartRadio at Unleashed. You can find our link on Facebook, Spotify, and Instagram at Unleashed, and on Twitter at Unleashed one Also, uh, we encourage you to drop us an email, as always, at Unleashed at gmail.com. Once again, that's Unleashed at gmail.com. Give us your comments, your criticisms, suggestions for future episodes, and as always, if you'd like to be a guest on the Bee Boomer Unleashed podcast, let us know what you'd like to talk about, and we'll do our best to get you on the show. Well, today's episode, like I said, life goes on, and a sneak peek at Bee Boomer Unleashed in 2021. I want to make just a few comments here about the 2020 election, and then we're going to move on, okay? Last week, I attempted to give you some biblical tips regarding the aftermath of the 2020 election. If you haven't listened to episode 98 yet, that was last week's episode, I encourage you to do that. In episode 98, I shared what I personally believe is how Jesus would have us react to the results of the 2020 election. Now, I want to be perfectly clear. I'm not happy with the election results. As a matter of fact, I'm sick about what happened. I've been sick of the witch hunt that the D.C. swamp has utilized for the past four years to affect the hostile takeover of the American heart and soul. Donald Trump, love him or hate him, did not deserve the lies, innuendos, and accusations leveled at him for the past four years. I hate the way that the socialists manipulated the election results, and I hate the fact that probably they're going to get away with it. But I still contend that God is in control. It's not God's job to make us happy. It's our job to trust Him unconditionally. If He wants Donald Trump to remain in the White House for four more years, guess what? He will. If it's meant, for whatever reason, for the socialist regime to take over the White House, then we have to trust God's infinite wisdom. Let's take a look at Ephesians chapter 4. Now, really, we don't get into what I really want to zero in on until we get down to about verse 25 or so. But I want to read the entire chapter in context and maybe kind of put this to rest, as how we as Christians should react to adversity. So Ephesians chapter 4, and again, I will be reading from the King James Version of the Bible because that's my favorite. If you've got another edition that you like, you can follow along in it. But Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going to begin in verse 1. Paul, writing to the church there at Ephesus, says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, 
beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love. So he starts out this chapter by telling us that we as Christians need to walk worthy of the vocation where we where we have been called. And that vocation is Christianity. That vocation is the light and the salt to the earth. And how are we supposed to do that? He says, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering. That means patience, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So we as Christians, we might be upset with any number of things. Could be the election result, could be the stock market, could be the latest ball game that we were watching. We might be upset with that. But we are, as Christians, to endeavor, as it says in verse 3, to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. We're to be peacemakers, aren't we? There is one body. And one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through you all and in you all. So verse 6 tells us that God is above all. He's the one that's in control. He's the one that's in charge. Verse 7 goes on to say, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Therefore he saith, When he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And here he talks about some spiritual gifts that he's given to his church. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Why did he do that? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. Now, that doesn't mean sinlessly perfect. That means mature. Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive A lot of that going on today, not only on the political scene, but in churches. Lots of folks out there waiting to deceive us. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working and the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. 
This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Now, we've got a lot of blind people today. We've got a lot of people, and I'm not talking physically blind. I'm talking about spiritual blindness. They think that politics is going to solve everything. They think that's the end all. Whether you're conservative or whether you're liberal, whether you're a Democrat or Republican and independent and libertarian, whatever, you think that your party or your philosophy is going to solve everything. Well, I've got news for you. If you feel that way, then your understanding's been darkened because Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. Jesus is the one that we need to look to for leadership and guidance, not Donald Trump or Joe Biden or Kamala Harris or somebody else, some other politician or movie star or sports figure. We're not supposed to look to them for guidance. We're supposed to look to Jesus. Who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. Does that not describe the world around us today. But you have not so learned Christ. You didn't learn that from Jesus. You didn't learn that by being Christ-like. That has nothing to do with Christianity, all this stuff. If so be that ye have heard him and leave and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation or behavior, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. So if we trust in Jesus, our behavior should be better. Like it or not, we live in a fishbowl and people are looking at us. So what's the most important thing? Is the most important thing our political affiliation? Or is the most important thing our relationship with Christ and us being salt and light in the world? Verse 23 says, And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So we're supposed to put on the new man. If we're Christians, we're not supposed to act like a bunch of heathen. You know, we can get angry. Like I said, we can get angry. We can be upset. But we've got to keep the peace. We've got to keep our faith in God. We've got to keep that unity of the Spirit. We've got to do that. We can't be like the old man. We can't be like that unregenerate heart. We, we as Christians, now I'm not saying that a Christian needs to lay down and just, oh, that's okay. You just No, we are supposed to stand upon the Word of God. And when government crosses that line into trying to be God, or they cross the line in telling us how we can and cannot worship, then that's the line, as far as I'm concerned, they don't want to cross. Because I think we have every right, every authority, as a Christian, as we talked about last week, it's better to obey God than man. 
be yet we're to be in a subjection to the powers that are above us. And 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 what you know, how do you differentiate between that? How are you in subjection to the government, but yet obey God rather than man? Well, when man's law supersedes God's word, that's when you obey God. When the government tries to tell us when we can and when we can't worship, or they try to tell us what we're supposed to believe and what we can preach and what we can teach and all of that kind of stuff, what what thus saith the Lord is more important than what thus saith the government. I don't care who's in charge. And folks, I'm going to tell you, if you're going to live a godly Christian life, you're going to suffer persecution. And if you live a godly Christian life, you're going to go through some trying times when the socialists take over. And you're going to have to be ready to give an account. You're going to have to make up your mind before it ever happens what your reaction is going to be when the government tells you to do something contrary to God's Word. Now, like I said last week, I'm not going to die on the mask hill. I'm not going to die on the social distancing hill. No, I'm not. But when it comes to government conflicting with God's word, that's the hill that I'll die on. Now, verse 25, and we're getting into the part where really I'm kind of wanting to bring this to a point here. Wherefore, in verse 25, put in a way lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Hadn't been much truth going on in the political realm for the last four years, has there? Well, even before that, politicians lie a lot, almost all of them. And uh, But it, uh, God tells us we're to put away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. And verse 26, here's the point I'm wanting to get to. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. You can be angry about this election. You can be angry about the score of a ball game. But I'm telling you, folks, you cannot sin as a result. You can't be angry and say harsh words to somebody over it. You can't be angry about something and get in a big fuss and a fight with somebody else that may or may not be a Christian. We as Christians are supposed to be the light and the salt. Jesus is our prime example there. He spoke not a word. They railed all these accusations against him. The only sinless person to ever live on the face of the earth. And he took it. Because he knows what we also know. He knew it long before we did. That this earth, this world is not our home. If we're Christians, this we're just passing through. We're just pilgrims passing through. So Paul says we can be angry, but we can't sin about it. We can be angry. We can have this righteous indignation. We can be angry that we feel that there was cheating in the election. We can be angry of the outcome of the election. We can be angry over a ball game score, but we cannot sin because of that anger. 
And verse 27 says, neither give place to the devil. You know what we do when we focus all all of our attention on this election, when we focus all of our attention on the outcome not being what suited us, we take our focus off Christ. And what did God call us to do? He called us to be witnesses. In the book of Acts, it says, Ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. Pretty hard to witness to someone. Pretty hard to um, be a Christian example when you've got hate and anger coming out of your mouth. We got to understand we don't have to be happy about the election, but we can't give place to the devil. We can't let the devil use this to get us down. And we'll finish up here. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of thy mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And here's the key. Verse 32. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted. Forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. We can't let this election ruin our Christian testimony. Is a socialist regime going to be good for this country? No, it's not. Are they coming after our guns, Jerry? Yep, they will. Are they going to try to shut the churches down? Yeah, to some degree they're going to try to do that. But you know what? We can't let that bear down on us to the point where we lose sight of Jesus and mean salt and light in this world. The salt is the preservative. The light illuminates sin. And we are to be that salt and that light in a dark world. And folks, we are living in a dark world. Make no mistake, we are living in a dark world. Well, let me use the next few minutes that we have here to give you a sneak peek at what we're going to be doing on the Bee Boomer Unleashed podcast in 2021. Now, we've got a few episodes left till the end of the year, and starting next week as we enter this Christmas season, we're going to talk about Christmas, and we're going to read to you parts of the Christmas story. We're going to talk about Christmas traditions. We're going to talk about focusing on things that We really need to be focusing on some causes 
that we can become involved in to help those who may not be quite as fortunate as we are. And we're going to do that uh, for the episodes leading up to Christmas. And then the one episode we have after Christmas, it's all going to be about the new year and looking forward to 2021. But when we flip the calendar over into January of 2021, we're going to do something for the entire year, for all 52 episodes through the year. We're going to uh, have what we call the good news segment. Each week, we're going to have a good news story that took place in our lifetime, we boomers in our lifetime. And we're also going to try to come up with a good news story that's taking place currently. And we're going to try to have as many guests as we can on the show talking about those good news experiences. And what we need you to do for us, if you would take that challenge, send us some examples of people who have some good news stories. Could be a lot of things. Could be uh, someone who was successful, who grew up in very adverse circumstances. It could be, um, like I say, a rags-to-riches story. It could be someone who conquered a physical disability. It could be someone who um, was healed from a uh, physical disease of some kind that is a good news story. And then we're going to go back and we're going to try to... um, Uh, come up with stories that took place, like in January, we're going to try to come up with good news stories that took place in January over the last 70 years. And we'll pick one or two of those stories each week, and we'll talk about those. And then we'll also try to have a good news story from the current week. And you say, well, why are you doing that? Well, you know what? I'm sick and tired of reading bad news. Unless somebody dies or something burns down or somebody gets shot, you never see it in the newspaper, do you? You don't have an opportunity to see good news. So we're going to call the Bee Boomer Unleashed podcast in 2021. Uh, We're going to call that the good news segment. And we're going to try to do 52 episodes with nothing but good news, nothing negative, Nothing uh, that would be of a a bad nature. Uh, We're going to try to do strictly good news from the past and from the present. And that's what we're looking forward to. But if you've got one of those good news stories that you would be willing to share with us on the Bee Boomer Unleashed podcast, my, my, we would love to have you on the broadcast. So if you've got one of those shows, you know, you you came through a period in your life of darkness and God took that dark situation and uh, turned it into something positive. Uh, well, I've got some friends I'm thinking of right now. I'm not going to say their name out loud but uh, because they listen to the show, but they had a, a devastating experience a few years ago and God has used that for good. And I'd like to maybe get that couple on the Bee Boomer Unleashed 
podcast. And there are many others just like that. There's war stories. There's uh, rising from the ashes. There's just all kinds of things that we can talk about that are positive. And we'll try to intersperse a little scripture in with it. And we're going to try to use Be Boomer Unleashed podcast in 2021. It'll be Be Boomer Unleashed, the good news segment for 2021. Good Lord willing, you know, if I'm still alive when 2020 ticks over, we'll do that. But listen, don't let this election business destroy you. Don't let it get you down. Because if you let it, it will. It will consume you. And that's what Paul was talking about, about giving place to the devil. You know, we don't have to be happy about it, but we cannot let it consume us. And understand that God is still in control. Right now, Donald Trump's president, but guess what? He's not in charge. God's in charge. Pretty soon, Joe Biden may be president. Shortly after that, maybe Kamala Harris will be president. Who knows? Maybe even Nancy Pelosi will be president. Oh, my. Wouldn't that be something? But understand, they're not large and in charge. God is still large, and God's in charge. He's a great God. And uh, I want to just uplift and praise his name through this rather than getting all upset at the miftry about uh, this election. Was it important? Yep, important election. Probably the most important election we've ever had in this country. Is it going to have long-lasting effects on this country and on this economy? Yep, it's going to. But you know what? God's in control. And like I said... If you're a child of God, if you're a born-again believer, this is not your home. Well, listen, it's been great being with you again. I always enjoy spending time with the listeners here on Be Boomer Unleashed podcast. We look forward to being here again with you in the weeks to come. We look forward to sharing those Christmas messages with you as we get into this most holy season of the year and just a wonderful time. I don't know of anybody. Well, I'm sure there are those out there that don't like Christmas, but most of us love Christmas, don't we? Most of us do. Well, it's been great being with you. Thanks for tuning in. Wouldn't be much fun if you weren't here. And uh, hope to see you again real, real soon. But until then... Have a great week, and may God bless each and every one of you. Goodbye.